0: Welcome to the Guns and Yoga podcast. My name is Wendy Hummel and it's Tactical Tip Tuesday, where I share a tip, tool, or dose of inspiration for your week. This week, I'm kicking off the Tactical Habits series, but first, I want to revisit something I talked about a few weeks back when we discussed the fixed versus growth mindset. In the groundbreaking book, Mindset, Carol Dweck addresses this in great detail and says, quote, with a growth mindset, the hand you're dealt is just the starting point for development. This growth mindset is based on the belief that your basic qualities are things that you can cultivate through your efforts, and recognizing your efforts are your path to mastery. I grew up with the belief that IQ or intelligence was fixed. Those standardized tests that I took in high school that determine whether or not you get into college or what school you get into, I hated taking those because quite honestly, I did just really average. Research has now shown that this is absolute BS. Intelligence is much broader and can be influenced by effort, awareness, lifestyle choices, and good old-fashioned grit. This means that instead of hiding your deficiencies, you can overcome them. Viewing intelligence as something that you can develop, not something that's static, embracing versus avoiding challenges, or surrounding yourself with friends or mentors that challenge you to grow will lend itself to this growth mindset. Doing hard things is tough. We all know that, but if we seek experiences intentionally that stretch us and challenge us and stick with it, despite it not going particu- particularly well, this allows us to thrive in the face of adversity as opposed to giving up easily. And this can sometimes require us to change our beliefs about our identity, about the kind of person that we are and can have a profound impact on our success. This leads me into this week's topic of tactical habits. So we all know that certain things are good for us, like getting sleep, eating a healthy diet, exercising, managing our stress, blah, blah, blah. These lifestyle habits appear simple, right? We know that they're good for us. So why don't we do them? Have you ever heard what you believe you receive? Well, consider what you think about yourself in terms of your lifestyle habits. What is your identity around health, healthy lifestyle habits? So try filling in this blank. I am the kind of person who dot, dot, dot gets seven hours of sleep a night, wakes up feeling energized, whatever works. For example, if you're a cop or a first responder, chances are you don't get proper sleep. In fact, anyone listening who isn't a first responder is probably going to be able to relate to that. But on average, we probably get about four to six hours of sleep six hours on a good night. Sometimes this can be, it really can't be avoided because of the fact that we work nights, we get called into court, etc. cetera. But some cops, including me, wear the lack of sleep, like a badge of honor. And the reason I'm giving you this example is because this was me for years. Like I mentioned, overtime, getting called in court, part-time jobs, etc., cetera, having to take care of family. But changing our beliefs can have a powerful impact on our thoughts and subsequent actions. Our subconscious mind, which is what is in control more than we realize, can be rewired. So why not attempt a change around your wired and tired identity? So this is just one example. There's so many ways you can apply this. There's a lot of attention and discussion right now around officer or first responder mental and emotional health. And there absolutely should be. In fact, that's what we discuss at length on this podcast. Today, however, I want to discuss the link between our mental and our physical health. This information isn't no. In fact, it's been around for thousands of years, but really recently have we only been discussing this in the first responder world. Over a decade ago, Dr. Kevin Gilmartin, the grandfather of emotional survival, discussed the biological link between mental, emotional, and physical health how it stems from our nervous system activation, something that happens very frequently in our line of work. How can we expect to have a flexible mind or a growth mindset if we're living in a state of physiological imbalance due to a state of being in this sympathetic dysregulation? Gil Martin discusses a study done at Duke University where participants who walked on a treadmill for only 22 minutes a day, moderate pace, six weeks, were able to replace their depression medication simply by this exercise. Balancing out the hormonal cocktail that's dumped into our bloodstream every time our stress response is activated, it's not magical thinking. It's proven and backed by science. A lot of times when we think about starting a new habit, I know this was me, we say to ourselves in the evening, okay, tomorrow I'll start. I'm going to do XYZ. I'm going to get up and exercise. I'm going to drink a glass of water, whatever the case may be. But as we launch this tactical habit series, I invite you to consider how you want to feel when you wake up and start your day the night before. So the first habit I'm going to discuss is eating an earlier, lighter dinner. This has everything to do with what's called our circadian rhythm. So despite the fact that our digestion is at its peak between 10 in the morning and 2 p.m. because we produce more bile, and when I say we, the collective we, I mean society, in its entirety we typically eat our largest meals at night dinner understanding these patterns and how they impact our physiology can help explain this just a little bit further so the level of bile in our body isn't as high in the evening and our physiology isn't optimized for our digestion so if you eat a heavier later dinner this impacts when we go to bed and how we feel when we wake up in the morning. And this is because our organs have more of what's called a toxic load on them, and this can lead to feeling tired or groggy when you wake up in the morning. So bile can't really do its job of cleaning out the organs at night if it's busy working to digest that late dinner in your gut. So think of it as giving your body just a little bit of space to digest, going to bed with an empty feeling. Over time, we moved our main meal. So we hijacked dinner due to the move from like working on the farms to factory life and now here we are in modern day doing the same thing. The largest meal used to be eaten midday, and it was referred to as supper, what we would now refer to as dinner, the meal at night. Supper means to sip or supplemental, and typically it was soup that we ate for dinner. But over time, we moved this larger main meal to the end of the day, and started to really have a smaller, lighter lunch, maybe even just a snack because we're on the go. Lunch done right provides stability for the rest of our day. So between 6 p.m. and 10 p.m. is when we're winding down physiologically. And ideally, we really shouldn't have any food coming in after six or seven, or at least three hours before we hit the sack. So a lot of you right now are probably thinking, yeah, uh, this is crazy. I'm shutting this off. I can't do it. I work nights, I have kids, I have to run around, but hear me out. We talked about the fact that We wanted to adopt a growth mindset, so let's refer back to that for a minute. Just because something's hard doesn't mean we can't do it or we don't try, especially if it can have such a positive long-term impact on our health. So here's a hack for night shifters, because so many first responders work at night. If you work overnights, let's say, and you start your shift at about 10 p.m., we'll talk about sleep on a future episode, but this will also be a factor. Assuming that you're awake by some time in the afternoon, which is best because we want to make sure that we see sunlight, it's still best for you to try to have your larger meal as close to the time frame we mentioned in accordance with your circadian rhythm. Having a smaller meal prior to heading to work or while at work is something that you can incorporate. Avoiding loading down the system at night and balancing the need for fuel and nourishment for your body, which is what our food is with our circadian rhythm. You can adjust your sleep when you work nights. I'm sorry, you can't adjust your sleep when you work nights, but this still goes against our circadian rhythm. Those who work during the day, but have evening activities. So this is me living the soccer mom life. This believes you believe that this may preclude you from being able to eat, a a lighter dinner because of the things that you've got to do with your family at night. So again, I have a family, I'm a soccer mom, my husband and I are constantly running back and forth every night of the week, practically taking one of our two daughters to different practices across town, typically. So planning ahead here is key on days that I haven't prepared or taken a day or a few hours to to meal prep, it really doesn't go very well. And sometimes those are the nights when I end up eating later. So there you have it, habit one. If you're interested in learning more about developing habits, how to regulate your physiology, your nervous system, and immune system, then stay tuned for habit two on the next Tactical Tip Tuesday. If you want to learn more about an earlier lighter dinner, email me at wendy at bluelineyoga.com. This is something that I've developed over the past year or so. So this isn't something I've done my entire life. It's been a game changer though for me personally. And it's what I call a keystone habit, especially because I suffer from stomach and digestive issues, providing myself that time before I go to bed where there's nothing in my system has really helped with my acid reflux. But don't overwhelm yourself. Start small. Like I just referred to, this is something that doesn't necessarily happen every single night of the week, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Life happens. But maybe see if you can try it twice a week to start out with. So, one of the teachers that I have says go for a solid B minus. Slow incremental change is where it's at. If you find value in this episode, please share it, give us a review, and if you'd like to be notified of future episodes and want to receive our future newsletter, you can subscribe on our Podbean website. I'd love to hear from you with questions, suggestions for future topics or guests or anything that you'd like to hear about.